0: The restaurant is inspired by the hit TV show and features a menu approved by the Michelin star celebrity chef Gordon Ramsay himself. Hope to see you all at Harrah's Resort SoCal in 2024. Welcome to the Vietnamese. I'm your host, Kenneth Nguyen. Being part of a culture of nearly 100 million Vietnamese people in the world today comes with a lot of pain, proud history and privilege. Join me as I highlight and explore the Vietnamese experience from all over the world. hey what's up hey thanks for uh spending some time with me um so you know you were originally born and raised in la um and i think you moved out to south carolina uh, really early on um what do you think that that you know how, how do you think your life would have turned out had you stayed in la
1: Well, Los Angeles is pretty rough. So my mom is a single mom. You know that. And uh, so she thought there was a better opportunity for her children to raise out in Greenville, South Carolina. So we moved out here when I was 13, when um, my father and her split up. Yeah.
0: So you guys moved to Greenville and then you went to high school. You started high school in Greenville.
1: I started middle school in Greenville. Yeah. So, yeah, I was super young.
0: What, what was that like? I mean, it was a bunch of white kids, right? <laughs> I mean, because yeah, so, when you were in L.A., so, in the neighborhood that you grew up in, it was like it was inner city and, you know, it was, it was totally different, right?
1: It was the reverse. So we were I was a minority when uh, when we were in South Carolina, when. I never really even saw a white person in our neighborhood, in L.A. or anything. They were minorities, you know. We saw a lot of Lat- Latinos and Asians, but uh, it was a culture shock. But uh, I think I'm kind of glad it went the way it did. I, I wouldn't be me. We don't know what would have happened if I would have stayed in L.A. I probably would have been in jail or dead. I don't know.
0: Yeah, why do you say that?
1: Well, because I was crazy. I've always been crazy. At, I, even
0: I, even at 12, 11, you, you were yeah, crazy? Yeah, like
1: I remember... I remember the first day I skipped school was with our cousin William, and I was ten. I was still the youngest. He was thirteen or fourteen. I forgot how old he was but yeah, and uh I don't know, and back then we have transportation, like the buses, so we skipped school, we went on a bus, and then we went to the santa monica beach uh you don't you don't have buses and transportation like that out here um, let's see what else
0: but but why why do you say you were crazy back then like I'm interested in like how did that like why do you how do you know that how do you know you were crazy back then
1: because I was like a daredevil I had this rebellious side of inside of me when my mother I felt like my mother took me away from my father when they split up Oh, okay That's, I always yeah. like I always grab like a big old trash bag and try to put my clothes in there and toys and like I told her I was going to run away and go live with my father. It was just like a battle. Oh,
0: that makes sense. now. Yeah. Cause I always wondered about that. I was like, why, you know, what, what made you feel like you were crazy? I and mean, it, cause obviously I think that line of thinking goes all the way into your adulthood and, you know, it really contributes to sort of like the story of how, you know, the future of, of where you go in your life. Right. It, yeah. it stems from sort of like this, uh, anger you had towards your mom taking you away from your father, you said, right? Yes. Yeah. So then what happens? So you get to South Carolina at uh, 13 and you start, uh, you, you're in school, right? You're middle school and, and what goes
1: Physical, on? I think I'm, you know, I, I thought I was too good for school and I was too smart. I actually ran away to California on a bus. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I was. Uh, you don't remember?
0: No, no, and oh, and you know God, what? I,
1: <laughs> I mean, so I ran it, away, and and you uh, know,
0: here's the thing I, I don't remember, but I kind of have vague uh, concepts of like, and this is why I, I've you know, I've always wanted to do this because you know, we've always, at you know, a lot of our cousins, we've always wondered, you know, what kind of like what made you go into this whole lifestyle. It's very interesting. So not only am I gonna ask these questions and, and try to get it you know, from you, but it's something I think that people are probably interested in. You probably don't get to talk about these things quite you know, often, right?
1: Mm, no, well, not, not this deep, far back. Yeah. They ask yeah. like how I started MMA. They don't ask about like LA or whatever.
0: Yeah, um, so, so you went away.
1: I ran away, uh, I was looking for my father. There's an address that I was writing to my father. Uh, we were writing letters every, you know, like every, every week. So I ran away, I used the Greyhound bus. It was like three days for a 13 year old girl. Did
0: and he then, know that you were coming?
1: No, I wanted to surprise him. Wow. So I, yeah, so I got there and my mother already contacted him, telling him that, she, you know, I ran away and I'm looking for him. So I got to California and he's not even there. He's not even there. Not even at the address. my that heart occurs. is broken. My heart is broken. Yes, he's not there. It was a, a Vietnamese physician, like a family doctor that he's friends with. He forwarded all my letters to my dad. And when my dad wrote back, he would send it to him and he sent it to me. Like this conspiracy thing. Wow. My dad did not want me to know that he remarried and moved to Boston, Massachusetts. So I'm in, I'm in California now. And so I, and so then your, your mother and my mother, which is their sisters contacted each other. And I stayed over your house and you were so strict on me. You were like, you can't do this. You can't do this. You're going to go back to juvie, blah, 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 blah. But I was like so angry, still so hurt. I never, I never talked about it. I never talked how like I got to that address and he's not even there. So at first I did have to stay in that, in that man's house. Of course, he had a wife. His daughter was in, in school or, or somewhere out of town. So I had the daughter's room, but it was so awkward. You're yeah. living with strangers, basically. And to this address that you wrote to your dad, like every every week, every week. It was amazing. Yeah, it's unbelievable. yeah I, felt, I felt betrayed. Like I felt, I don't know, there were so many things, especially at the age of 13. Uh, yeah, that's when I was just like,
0: <laughs> how, much, how much money did you bring? I mean, did you plan it out? I mean, at 13. No, I
1: didn't, no, I didn't plan it out. I, I think I stole Teresa's checkbook <laughs> and I wrote it on the Greyhound bus and I don't know how they approved it. And then I didn't have any cash, but your, my mother sent your mother some cash and, yeah. I, and that's when I flew back.
0: Wow. So how long were you out in California for?
1: Like almost two weeks.
0: And did you get to talk to him while you were here
1: i talked to him and he told me he was just out of town and i just felt like it was just so weird i i, didn't know, I only stayed at that man's house like two, maybe two nights and i didn't i didn't know i didn't know them so then i stayed at your mother's place and then we finally my mother finally pulled the ticket and then i flew back to south carolina after I hung out with William and all our cousins <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> It's always a, a fun time with those guys yeah so you get back to South Carolina and probably at this point you're just like pissed right
1: pissed broken, hearted broken hearted, Yeah. But, but you know you're so young he didn't want me to know that he remarried he didn't want he think he was trying to protect me and not and, and not I guess I don't know I, I guess I don't know what he was thinking to be honest I, but I'm, I'm assuming he just did not want me to know that he moved on and he had a family out in Boston, Massachusetts, like a a wife and kids full on and family, their, yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: And then, so you're now in school back in um, South in Greenville, right?
1: Mm-hmm. So and- when I ran away, I skipped school. So those two weeks, I so I get charged. The state will charge you in and in South Carolina, not California, it's called truancy. So then I had to go to juvie now because I skipped school. And now I'm even more crazy because I'm like, yeah, I'm just stuck in this, like, uh, uh, I don't know. I felt like I was there all by myself. I know I wasn't, but yeah, so that's, and then my dad started writing me there too. He started writing, but now I have his real address in Boston, Massachusetts. But, uh, so at this point-
0: Did he come down to visit?
1: No, so that was when I tried to surprise him at the age of thirteen. I never saw him. I didn't want to see him. I didn't even get to see him till I turned twenty-seven.
0: Mm. Yeah, we'll get into that. I, I want to <laughs> yeah. hear that. Yeah, I was
1: like, that's a big gap. But yeah, I didn't. We talked to each yeah. other. We, you know, I felt weird. I, I just didn't want to be around him yeah i felt distant i distant myself and it was just you know you know how you break up with a person yeah. you're just disgusted by them that's yeah. how i was
0: <laughs> completely turned off right
1: yeah yeah completely turned off didn't even care for that no more
0: so you get to juvie and what was that like i mean how long were you there for
1: uh it's 30 days so it's like kids jail yeah um oh, man but, there's but some I, like rough Carrot, yeah <laughs> there's some rough girls in there when you first come in and you're like this little asian girl and there's nothing but black girls maybe one or two white girls and uh i think i got in the fight like my first two fights were black girls and teresa was always like oh my god teresa's my sister your which is your cousin which you're 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 closer to uh she was like don't I ever get in a fight with a black girl that you know they're they're mean and they're strong and I mean, I did pretty well. I thought I did pretty well. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, because you
0: had so much rage, right? So probably. I, yeah. I had
1: so much, and I, I actually I actually liked it. I liked that thrill, that adrenaline. I don't, I don't like roller coasters. I don't like horror movies. Yeah. So my adrenaline is the rush to fight.
0: To fight. Yeah. Yeah. And was that your first fight in your life, like, when you got to Juvie? Or did you fight before?
1: uh there was one little small fight in la with them with a, i think she was like hispanic i don't know if she was mexican i don't want to no. mix that up because you know to get sensitive yeah. sort of, when we say the yeah, wrong times yeah. so
0: <laughs> i mean how did i'm so like morbidly curious about you fighting because you know obviously that's you know your your, your career but i'm like i really want to know what happened in the early fights like when you're a young girl like with the with the Hispanic girl, did you get your ass kicked? Did she fuck you up? Like, how did that go down?
1: Yeah, I did not know what I was doing. I was like basically swimming. Yeah. Yeah. You know? but, but they yeah,
0: didn't. They didn't like. She was
1: bigger. She was older. She <laughs> grabbed my hair. It didn't last long. Uh, it was like, it was a corner of a streetlight where I was walking home. I was walking home from school elementary school, and I think I I think I'm the one that started it. Instigated. I think I yeah. pushed her or something just to start a fight.
0: Yeah. Uh, how did how did that first fight in juvie start did you start that or did were they no i did
1: not start that that was like this black girl was mad because her her black because okay so juvie was unisex okay so there's boys there too
0: whoa
1: yeah 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 well this is in this is in south carolina and it's juvie this kids i mean you're under well you're teenagers whatever But so yeah, there's, you're going to walk my guys. And uh, I think like the guy she was talking to, or I don't know how you date in juvie, was like hitting on me or flirting with me. And so she was, she was super jealous mm-hmm. and she was working the cafeteria and she was trying to like not give me my, my my dish or my plate. And then we just got in a fight in the cafeteria. And uh, I guess they thought that I was just gonna be like a pushover or something, but no.
0: and then the guards all jump in or do they let you like brawl Uh, the
1: the guards pull us away and i get in trouble because i just got in i just got there so they thought i started it whatever and then um i just knew i just had to finish these 30 days
0: (laughs) yeah so you so you do 30 days and then you come out right And then you don't start high school back up yet or you go back to middle school or i go
1: back to middle school finish middle school and then start high school
0: yeah so when does the craziness be like happen like
1: it already happened so it's starting happening so you start partying more
0: and you start going out more and
1: yeah i just yeah i did i didn't yeah i the the first time i ever felt like you know you would drink a beer or whatever you thought you're doing what you're doing but when I really felt that first buzz, like that numbness where you felt like you couldn't walk, I love I loved that feeling. Like yeah. that, that drinking alcohol where yeah. you did numb yourself. So that was the numbing part where I could just numb myself about my dad. Well, there was, was a lot of, uh, you know, just things that you just you, you hide under the dirt so far deep that it's, it's even hard for me to bring it up to, to talk about it because I have dug it in so deep, yeah. I kind of like forgot
0: if if it's if at any time any of that's uncomfortable just let me know and then we can move on but you know i'm i'm i i'm, I'm always fascinated by the things that shape anyone to become who they you know become so yeah. if, if this you know that sand that pebble of your father's kind of like bailing out on you created this sort of like uh future that you you, you know, you veer from, or you, 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 it comes from that pain. I, I want to hear about it. You know, I, am very fascinated by what.
1: Oh, you're fine. You're not touching anything sensitive. <laughs> yeah.
0: So then like, there's a lot of drinking, a lot of partying in, in Greenville and you know, that goes on for years, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: And then is there any fighting that, you know, that's, that's happening during these years?
1: Well, in high school, uh, like I I would make some friends, like pretty girl friends. And then uh, like they would always get picked on. I always had their back. So uh, I remember I had this boyfriend that cheated on me. And I, you know, you didn't blame the guy. I I blamed the girl and I beat her up. And I remember Tiffany Norwood was one of my best friends was like cheering in the background.
0: And this was like at school or?
1: This was at school. This was like my um, sophomore year, uh, you know, I was waiting for her outside because she always come out right over here near the vending machine. I just, I was waiting for her and, and uh, I speed her up. And then we got in the getaway car because <laughs> Tiffany, Tiffany was a junior. So she was driving, got a getaway car. I just left the scene, but it was still on the school campus.
0: Did you get in trouble ah, for
1: that? Then I got in trouble when I got back the next day. Cause you know, they, they said it was me. And I, I mean, you can't hide that there was a whole big crowd and I actually liked it. I, yeah. I did. I should have blamed him for cheating on me, but you blame the girl cause you're, you're immature. You know, you're, yeah. numb, you're stupid. You know, it's, I wouldn't do that today.
0: Of course. Yeah, of course. Well, wow, poor, poor girl, huh? <laughs> oh,
1: yeah.
0: did, did you, did you at any time get involved in um, high school sports? To get all that energy out, or
1: I played a little bit of volleyball, and then there was a I think it was like spirit week or some charity thing, and it was mud wrestling, and I took down two girls that were bigger than me, and then that was it, but we were just trying to raise some money for like this i don't know I forgot what kind of it was a week or something it wasn't a sport because mud wrestling is not you know it's not real, but one of my guy friends had showed me this one wrestling move, and I did it on two of the girls oh wow. Yeah, just to raise some money for charity.
0: <laughs> were Were you ever? Um, did you ever experience like uh, racism in um, in South Carolina, where you're from? But, and I ask this, but I also know that you you grew up. You're a very pretty girl, and I'm assuming that you got away with a lot of stuff, and you know, in high school because you, you're probably one of the popular girls in high school, and. Did that, you know, did your race play any, uh, you know, you get picked I, on or anything?
1: No, I don't think, uh, I don't think my race played on anything. I remember I was nominated for Miss or something like kind of like Homecoming Queen, but then I got in trouble, so then they had to like pull me off the list, <laughs> stuff like that. I didn't start getting fighting until like I found out it was legal to fight when I found out there was a way to fight and not get in trouble oh my god that, it was like a dream come true but like, that I did was not much... know you could, I did not know you could just fight I thought there were it was just a, a, a guy thing I thought it was like a male sport it is predominantly a uh, male sport but but yeah when I found that out oh gosh yeah, I, I found a new hobby and I fell in love it made me it made me quit everything it made me quit smoking cigarettes because I used to be a smoker like I I remember I was that smoking yeah I was smoking cigarettes like I started young and then I would throw it, throw it away or like I would start it back up again I mean I was a, a real smoker like a, no, a I remember
0: a I totally remember that yeah
1: yeah so I it you know that helped me quit smoking because I my cardio was shit and I didn't It was either like, do you want to get your ass beat in front of people, or do you want to quit smoking and drinking? It was kind of like those things. So then it got me in shape. So fighting, which is something I've been dealing with, or or, or used to, I'm comfortable with it since I was young, and then making it like in a positive way, and not party as much, uh, it just it really, it shaped me who I am today, and it it does keep me out of trouble, which is, you know.
0: But the fighting came much later, though, right? Because there's a bunch of things that had had to have happened before you decided hey i want to take this track and become a pro fighter right like what led up to that
1: well okay so if you have a mom that owns like three nail shops she's going to try to give you one at the age of 16 i didn't want it then she tried to give you one again and by this time i'm like 23 24 so after high school said, yeah yeah this after I, high school, school already and i have sebastian so she so all I had to do was just pay her back for the money for the for the nail shop. I'm like, why not? You know, I, I, I slow down on the fighting part, but I'm still going out and partying with my girlfriends and stuff like that. Um, so I did nails, and then I just got sick of it. After ten years of doing nails, I got sick of it. So I did come into the sport pretty late. Like How I old started training. I started training like 27, 28.
0: Okay, so wait, what got you to even know about it?
1: Who got uh, in there? Well, I, after I sold the nail salon, I moved to Myrtle Beach with Sebastian. So Sebastian could be closer to his dad. And so my only friends was Sebastian's dad and his fiance. All right. So I'm the third wheel. <laughs> they took me out to an MA fight. I didn't want to go. I didn't even want to go. I didn't want to see two naked half guys in the cage being barbaric. It is so unclassy yeah I put that foot in my mouth so then like these two girls came out I was literally literally just drinking and and mingling meeting people I wasn't even watching the fights uh these two girls came out at 115 pounds and I was like whoa they do this for females at 115 pounds I thought they were only like you know like butch dykes and I thought they had to be a heavyweight I did not know there's weight class I, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it right now. Like I ran up to Luke and I was like, Luke, I want to do this. I'm going to do this. And he was like, you know what? This would be perfect for you. He knew me since I was 18. We're now 10 years older now. Okay. Mm. Uh, I dated him when I was 18. He was 19. We had Sebastian when I was 21. So now that we're adults, he's engaged to a girl named Kim. They're taking me to an MMA fight. It was the first MMA fight in South Carolina because it just got legalized. So that's when I was like, oh, my God, I need to do this. So then he got me into a gym because he lived there for a while now. He knows people. Got me into a gym. And then three months later, I was just begging my coach to get in. And I just want to go in. Just put mm-hmm, me wow. in. Uh, I won my first fight. Yeah. So- and it looked, like, I looked like, it looked like shit, though. There was, like, three months of training is not enough. <laughs> but I won because I won because of aggression. I won because... Yeah, aggression. If you don't have techniques, if you don't know karate, you better know crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> you yeah, got one or the other. Did you
0: come up with that?
1: I said that like once or twice before. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm gonna start with
1: that. You should. I <laughs> should get a pattern.
0: That's a good one. A really good one. Um yeah. so wait, so you're training three for three months, you said, right?
1: Three months. What,
0: what, <laughs> what did you train? Like, how many hours a day? What kind of, like, training did you do?
1: So, when I first started, it was, like, one hour a day. And it was, like, you know, you just get into it. You don't know what the hell you're doing. You're learning boxing because MMA is everything, yeah. you know. And all I did was just stand-up boxing. And I love hitting the mitts. Uh, I didn't even know how to throw a kick yet. Um, I definitely was still, I think I was still smoking a cigarette. I remember getting the phone call like, hey Andy, can you fight next weekend? And I literally like put down the cigarette. I mean, I cut down, like cut back. Yeah. And I was like putting it down, I was, like sure. And I was like ashing it out, but I, I still won. I, I was tired as shit, but then I, I still won. And that's when I realized like I really got to quit smoking cigarettes.
0: And were, so you, thinking, were you thinking about like, tr- like really going pro at that time, that early no. in time?
1: No, I was thinking it was like a new hobby. So my hobby before was like shooting pool or something. Uh, but yeah, for fighting, it was like a hobby. I didn't think about turning pro until... I, I didn't realize I got my foot in the door so fast. There weren't hardly any girls in in the sport at the time. And then when you have the looks with it, it, it just... I'm sorry to say it, but it's true. Sex sells. Mm. If you're an attractive girl, it's going to push you in through the door a whole lot faster so then i started getting sponsorships like people want me to wear their furniture brand on my Mm -hmm. on my gear or something that was the first one i ever had and i just thought that was kind of weird that somebody noticed me and i'm like I already like getting sponsored you're getting paid as an amateur with the banner just all Mm that all you have to do is just wear their logo so yeah i started charging 500 dollars for a logo
0: or that that wasn't enough to to quit working at the nail salon. No, side, I was right? still
1: doing nails. When I moved to Myrtle Beach, I was still doing nails part-time. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then, so how did it escalate in terms of the training and how many hours you were spending at the uh, tri- with the training?
1: Okay, so I started doing some training. Then I started traveling, cross-training, because, you know, I was, I was doing really well in my gym. And if I'm, like, the best one in my gym, I'm not getting better. Yeah. Like, if I was just being up on the girls and they're not even... In, in, they're not even an amy in com- competition, then I started, I had just had to travel. So then Sebastian's dad, Luke was like, why don't you let Sebastian live with me? And you, you just start training full time and just go. You're not getting younger. So he did say that to me. And I was like, are you sure? And I, you know, it was a hard, it was hard to do. I had to save, I saved about six or $7,000. And then I moved to Louisiana and trained with Andrea. Lee she's now in the UFC mm-hmm. and then I started training full-time so that took up from like it went from how, like how did you find
0: how did you find X- Andrea
1: through social media
0: you just hit them up and well, how okay, does that so work you
1: start, start being friends with people on like Facebook it was yeah. Facebook and then um I, me okay Andrea and I both got signed to XFC mm-hmm. so it was a it's a professional league but i wasn't ready yet i told them i wasn't ready yet. i needed like at least two more years and uh i found her name then i found her on facebook i added her because she beat one of my opponents that i lost to so i want to know what i did wrong i want to go back to what how what did i do i felt like i trained my hardest and i should have won that fight so when i cross trained with her i knew a lot of, i mean i thought i knew a lot there was so many holes in my game. There were mm. so many There were so many things that I did not know. We took training to a different level. We would train four hours a day, two hours in the morning, two hours in the evening. Uh, there was strength and conditioning. There were so many other things. I had no idea. Like you're doing a one hour a day thing every day. That's not enough. I didn't realize that wasn't enough. It's just, yeah. Were you, you still we partying have, and smoking and you at don't the have time? Anything, no, no, there's no partying. There is oh. no partying. I love, I fell in love with, I love, Sleep. I just love to sleep. Mm. After you get so sore and so worn out, uh, yeah, you, I just cared to sleep. I didn't even no. I I was in bed by like nine. I was in bed by nine every night. I just wanted to. I just wanted to improve, and I just wanted to fight, and I just and I, and it was worth it. It wasn't worth partying because if I party and I had to go train the next day, I would throw up. And okay, I so
0: you you decide to go and train with Andrea. Where again?
1: It was in Louisiana. Okay,
0: so in Louisiana, but like, okay, so you had six, seven grand saved up, right? Yeah. You go, you go to Louisiana and you train with Andrea and her camp, but I mean, how how much can six, seven grand last you?
1: Not long, but if you don't, if you don't have any bills, you know, mm-hmm. like that, that's you don't have any they, bills. You're, you could you could just you know pay the small bill, like your phone bill and.
0: Do they make you pay rent or any of that, or how do you eat and? You yes,
1: know. room and board. You do pay that for that. And then after I got my first fight, which is uh, 500 to show for, for weight and then 500 to win, which is 1000. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. And then it just started building. And that's how it all started.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, when... When when it's a thousand a fight, you have six seven
1: grand. Okay, you have six seven grand, but then I still had sponsors too. You gotta remember your sponsors okay. are coming in like yeah. randomly every month.
0: So you can, like, basically make a living at that point. Uh, you can and you're, if you're
1: a female. Most mm-hmm. guys don't get that. Andrea and, and I was getting a lot.
0: And you were an amateur at the time or a pro? Yeah. We
1: yeah, we were still. We were still, we were both were still amateurs.
0: Amateurs. Yeah. Okay, so then you train, how long in Louisiana?
1: Probably like two more years and then I turn pro.
0: And then how do you know, how did you know it's gonna take two years?
1: I didn't, I just, I, I could just kind of tell. Uh, I, I don't what, know. What,
0: what, was the, what was the sort of like the, the, the criteria in your mind that said, okay, well, I mean, two years is a very arbitrary, very random number in my mind, like somebody who's not in the business. I, when I go, Oh, okay. Well, kinda I kind need- of like
1: going to college, trying to get your associate's degree. It's about two years. Right. So you're guessing. All right. Well, I had a, I had a goal. Okay. My yeah. goal is to be ready by within two years. That yeah. was the goal. Not like I, I, not like I predicted my future it's, that, it's, I should have said those words better. I had a goal to turn pro within two years, but I didn't even know I was ready yet. My coach told me I was ready. So that's how it started. He told me I was ready, which is Andrea's husband at the time.
0: Right. 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 Yeah. So then, okay. So two years goes by and you're spending all that time in Louisiana. Yeah. And training how many hours a day?
1: Like yeah, three to four hours a day on the weekends would be just half days, which is two hours. And then after a fight, I would come home to visit.
0: Yeah. But yeah. And then
1: i and then I go back again for training camp.
0: And is it? I'm sorry for my ignorance, but how far is uh, Myrtle Beach or uh, Greenville from Louisiana? Like, did you drive? Did you?
1: Oh, I flew all the time. You, it was two It was two and a half hours. To 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 fly. To fly.
0: what wow, that's a that's a considerable amount of a distance away.
1: Well, Shreveport is close to Dallas, so Dallas and Atlanta. There's direct flights, and Atlanta it's to Greenville. It's yeah. it's pretty.
0: So you do that for two years of being away from home, being away from family, and you have this goal of becoming a pro, right? Yes. Years.
1: So like being away from family, I already had that experience when I was in juvie. Like when you have nothing to do there and you're in juvie, it's kind of like the same thing. I, I kind of went to kind of like boarding school, but, but training to fight for two years straight.
0: And were there other people in the training camp with you? Um, so
1: Andrea and I were at the main two and then there was like maybe three, four different guys. And then girls would come in randomly back and forth to cross train with us.
0: Explain that because, okay, so there's like a, a facility that your coach started, right? There's a gym that yeah. he started. Yes. And he basically says, okay, I'm going to open up my doors to um, people to come in and train. Is it a business for him? How does it break down?
1: um they own the building, so the so my coach's mother is is you know they have money, so they own the building okay so he was yeah he had to get gym memberships through the guys. I never paid gym membership. He's the one that told me why don't you just move to Louisiana and then, you know, let's do this. Let's do this. He basically said, just do this. He's like, bring Sebastian. I'm, like, I'm not bring Sebastian. I can't focus on yeah. training and then bring Sebastian let him spend time with his dad. So that's how. It
0: and how do you know that whoever you choose to fight with or train with is the right people? You know you what I mean? Just, how, do you know? uh, how do you know that there's like not better training camps? Like what, what goes into the selection process of that particular training camp?
1: Well, me okay. Andrea and I are two different weight classes, so we will never fight each other. Okay. She's bigger than me, so that's one thing right there. And I, I don't know. You either have a connection or not. You, you're gonna find a connection. If you don't find a connection, you just you just move on, I guess. But how As do you people, know
0: that? How do you know that they're best at what they do uh, at training you? Because do they have well, a prior If you practice? improve
1: and you start learning, mm-hmm. like like you're like, oh, I could have did this, and they're like, yeah. Like when when the coach is trying to show you your 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 flaws instead of like praising you for your for all the good stuff you do mm-hmm. like i was getting my butt t- like everybody was like ass kissing me they, they just wanted me in the gym it's kind of like uh, it will it will give them promotion like free promotion if i trained out their gym but like donnie didn't have the coach he did not have a problem Show me my flaws and working at it and worked at it and worked at it like daily 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 until it's like in my brain where it's memory it's just yeah muscle memory
0: and what made donnie so good like did he was he a fighter before or
1: yes he was a fighter before so he retired you know you have to retire sometime and he's just good i don't know i mean he's he's crazy too but he's really good at picking out flaws like little knickknacks of your opponents and what to do to your opponent what your opponent's going to try to do to you it's like a it's a it's a mastermind
0: yeah so two years later you become pro and how does Uh that this is like magically you're like okay i'm a pro now i mean what what's the what is the process of like turning pro
1: well after uh after I won, I forgot you get to get paid. <laughs> so they're like, Andy, you got to come get your check. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot I'm getting paid now. I was excited just to win. Wait, wait, and, this is uh, your first
0: fight, you're saying?
1: It was, it was uh, what, no?
0: This is your first fight?
1: First pro fight. First pro. I, I forgot you get paid. So yes. I was just excited, and it was just a new, a new feeling again, like the first, the first time you fell in love with it. So it all started over again.
0: Okay, what were, who was the opponent like? What was that like that first time? Uh,
1: what was her name? I forgot her name. She was o and one, so I was o and o. And um, I remember I was down two, three rounds because she took me down, but didn't do nothing to it. And I needed. We were on the third round, and I had to finish her. So I finished her with a TKO, knee to the face.
0: What What's your um? What's like, out of all of the fields of, of MMA, what's your strongest one?
1: I don't know. Uh, you know, I've fought so many people. I've I fought, uh, you know, when I was amateur, I had over 30 fights already, including MMA, including boxing, including Muay Thai, including kickboxing and jujitsu competitions, I've had a lot of experience, so like I've met people that have way better ground game than me. I've met people that have way better stand-up game than me, but it just depends on the fight, depends on that night, depends if something's bothering me too, because you could be physically prepared for a fight, and you could train six to eight to 10 weeks for this particular fight, but if you're mentally not there, it's not gonna work, because 80% of the time, you, you have to be mentally ready. It's weird, like you could fuck up by just having like self like self-doubt or 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 anything like that you would be your
0: worst worst enemy enemy. yeah Yeah. but how could you how could you um prepare for the the mental side of it do coaches go over how to prepare for the mental
1: no i guess you just have to find it within you like you can't teach heart you can't teach that part and there was no psychology training uh a class Mm -hmm. or anything like that
0: What, what were the some of the things that would get you down that would throw you off
1: uh, I would be like, gosh, I hope my cardio is like when I won the belt. And then when you win the belt, you have nothing but five rounds for the next fights for you to defend your fights. I remember being in the backstage. I was like, I hope I have cardio to, you know, to fight this girl five rounds. Uh, you were there. Um, it was in California. And I was like, gosh, I hope I have cardio. And I know I trained for it. I knew I had training condition. And I remember Andrea was just like, you have cardio for five rounds. Trust me. So that was just like a you know like i i didn't doubt i was just like hoping that one part didn't won't mess me up because i don't want to gas myself out round three and i have two more rounds things like that
0: but aren't those things you can prepare for like um before the fight? and again pardon my ignorance i don't know you know but do you do you like prep for that kind of stuff like the endurance side of it
1: you do you do so you spar for more than five rounds just to get ready but I don't know why back, I remember that one part because I asked her, I was like, gosh, what if I don't have the cardio for it? And you do, that's just that one time that you have that self-doubt. Sometimes, you know, things could just cross your mind. You think about it and, you know, like, you're like, what if you don't have it? But she's like, you do have it. You, you train for it. It's it's secured. It's It's done. So you just have to go out there and do it because you mean the show oh. must go on.
0: Wow. Have you ever kind of gone into a fight and said to yourself, "Uh, I can't do this and then back out or come close to something like that?
1: Yes, Uh, when I fought at 135 pounds and I'm doing everything I can to get like a punch on her and I can't. And every time she hits me, it like feels like a freaking like a truck hitting me. And I remember after round two and I'm like, gosh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And the ref was like, I could stop the fight, you know, And, and it won't be you quitting. And I, I could just stop the fight, and I was just like, I don't think I could go round three because I had like, these big old like knots in your head. In, like these knots, and I'm like, and I, I just can't remember what round we were on. I just knew right then and there. I was like, uh, wait, so I, you I just can't stopped the fight? So they would just, they didn't let me go round three. And then so every after every round, you sit down and talk to your corner, and you're getting water. Yeah, after round two, I was like, I don't think I could do this. I, I, that- I'm trying. I'm trying my hardest to hit her. Every time I hit her or try to, she's countering because she's got a longer reach and it's it's landing and it's making me like dizzy. Like at one point where I'm like, which round am I in? Like I forgot which round. Yeah.
0: Holy cow. And so you Is it? does that count as a loss?
1: Oh, yeah. That's kind of a loss. loss, Yeah.
0: I'm sorry. It's just,
1: it's okay. It's okay.
0: And then what happens? I mean, you, okay, so you lose that and you move on. I mean. It, then I
1: get off the stage, go backstage. I'll probably crying to my corner and take off my hand wraps and then go do shots with my friends that are there at the yeah. stadium. <laughs> I mean, that's how it goes.
0: And what, what number fight was that for you?
1: Uh, that was an amateur fight. So I, I don't remember.
0: Oh, okay. So it didn't really count in the pros. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, I, ne- I never fought 135 pounds as a pro.
0: And how much? What's your weight class?
1: It's atom weight, which is, you know, you used to say atomic bombs. Uh, atom weight is 105 pounds. Catch weight 110. In Japan, atom weight is 108. I like 108. 105 is just so, so much weight. Um, I like to be under 115, the okay. fight.
0: But what's your normal, like, everyday weight? Like, right now? Everyday
1: weight? Like, 125, 128?
0: So, you're cutting 20 pounds? I have. um, I have. Or 15? 15 pounds?
1: Well, well, once you start, once you get, okay, once you get the date for the fight, then you have to diet and see where you're at on your weight. Usually, like, the eighth week, okay, the eighth week, I would be, like, a little bit, slightly over 120 to fight at 105. And then I'll start, like walking around 118 because you're training so much. You're training yeah. so much, you start walking at that weight 118. So then, no, I actually you know, cut less, but you do have to diet down in the, in the weeks in the beginning. Is that it, tough it, for it'll you? It'll just come off anyway. Yeah. If, if, if it's not coming off, then you're doing something wrong.
0: Wrong, right, right, right. Is it tough for you?
1: Uh, uh, to cut weight? Some, sometimes it is or it can be.
0: Yeah. You I, know, I'm
1: pretty good at it now, I think.
0: Throughout this whole time, like as I'm talking to you, I'm like I can't help but wonder, like, what is your mom thinking this whole time while you're away and you're gearing up for all this stuff?
1: Uh, she always pray to God and she tells me to eat, jer- eat beef jerky and pray to God I will win if I just eat the beef jerky. And I can't eat her beef jerky because it's really <laughs> high sodium and that means it's going to make me way heavier. And I-, I cut off my red meat like probably mid midway camp because red meat. You know, it's heavy in you and it's very, it makes you sluggish, kind of.
0: I mean, that's a real fact, huh? Like you can- For, fight to, for to my kill. body. Yeah.
1: For my body. Everybody's different.
0: Yeah. Is your mom encouraging? Is she a typical Asian parent where she wishes you didn't fight?
1: My brother she- showed her my first amateur fight. I won, but she's, I won and she's crying while watching the YouTube. And my brother's laughing and he told me about this that, you know, she was crying. The first time she came to my fight, she brought a priest, a father, and they blessed the cage. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So she's super religious, super Catholic, never party, never drinks, no smoke, nothing, you know? And and she's like, why are you so crazy? I'm like, well, you're the one that had me, so why are you so crazy? It's not like you're a normal person that had me. I didn't do this all by myself. (laughs)
0: she brought a priest to the event and they both sat and they both watched the fight
1: they blessed the cage yes they yeah they watched the fight
0: classic
1: yeah (laughs) did did
0: you did you win that fight
1: i lost a decision but it was fight of the night we won fight of the night because it was the most we had bad uh bad blood yeah so it was like just a brawl uh yeah, and uh, we went fire tonight of the night, and she was just like, oh, joy, joy, joy," you know. <laughs> and she said, "I will never go." You know, she she was like, "I will never go to another one ever." I'm like, "You shouldn't." And I'm like, from now on, I always tell the security people, "Do not let my mom in." Like, she she I, I don't I don't want that in the backstage, and I don't want to worry about her mentally while I'm back there trying to get yeah. prepared for my fight. That's it, why I, I don't let her go.
0: Yeah. She's never been to a second fight.
1: No, she's so, only watched it on you know YouTube or yeah. Facebook. Or Wait.
0: So did that first fight with her there affect your performance?
1: Oh, kind of. It did kind of bug me because she was there. I just didn't. Ugh, whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What? It
1: kind of did. I'm not gonna blame it on her, but I didn't want yeah. her to be there because it was. I knew it was going to be a a really a good fight.
0: Yeah. Was it a local fight?
1: It was a local fight in Greenville.
0: Yeah. That is a trip, bringing the priest out, blessing the cage.
1: (laughs) To be so religious, she's also superstitious. It's the weirdest combo.
0: That that goes hand in hand, though, believe it or not. I
1: guess. That
0: that goes hand in hand. Like a lot of uh, Vietnamese Catholics, they're not supposed to believe in superstition, but they do.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they they do. do. Like how the bed is facing the door. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't take pictures with three people. Two people. She yeah. told me I lost because I took a picture with my coach and somebody else. It was three people. And I was like, <laughs> wow, mom. I, that's unbelievable. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy.
0: Yeah. That's crazy. So, okay. So you are now in Louisiana. You turn pro, first fight. Um, and how old were you at the time?
1: I'm old. I think I'm like, 28,
0: 29, 30, 30, 30, 32. 32. Okay, so at 32, you're feeling still good, right? Yeah,
1: I've yeah. Had, I haven't had any injuries. I haven't broken yeah. my arm yet. Yeah. I want to get
0: to that. that. That's like an epic, epic story. Um, <laughs> so wait, you're 32 and you're thinking, okay, um, are you, what, what was your record at that time?
1: Well, I was wanna know because, sorry. Did I lose you?
0: Yeah, yeah. You, your video. Um,
1: so I was wanna know. One to know, okay. Pro.
0: So that, what do you what's going on in your mind at that time? Like you're gonna have a long career or or does thirty-two kind of affect uh your mentality? Like how much
1: I was thinking to myself have. I was thinking to myself, man, like thirty-five is around the corner and I'm gonna have to retire soon. So I was like, I wanna get some more fights in. And then my second fight. It was like a total robbery. Even the people, it was a televised fight. And even you could hear the people, the commentators are like, what? So now I'm like one and one. Mm-hmm. And then-
0: What does I that do my- to you? That first uh, pro pro-loss, does it drag you down? I,
1: I thought I won. The referee even had like my hand up because he thought I won, but then they, they announced the name again. I, it sucked. I, I was kind of depressed. Uh, that was the only thing that could get me down. If I ever lose a fight again, it was, it was gonna make me depressed. It, that's the only thing that could make me down. Like I was always a a pretty cheery, happy person. Like no none of that, mm-hmm. you know, none of the negative stuff or anything like that. I didn't party or anything like that. I just, that would just make me sad. And it did yeah. make me sad.
0: So you, you experienced that loss and you go back and you, you train harder and you lined up another, a third fight. Yes. Right, and then, so how much time in between the second and the third fight?
1: Do I take a break? Yeah. I can't remember, maybe like a month.
0: What? Maybe a
1: break a month.
0: Is that typical in in the fight world? To take a, 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 a four week break?
1: Uh, I like to take my breaks. I thought that's pretty long. If you don't take it long, then you know it's going to go two, three months.
0: Wait a minute. Let's talk about this. I would
1: go home for like two weeks or three weeks or a month. Then I have to start over because my cardio is not as good. Okay. So
0: all these like pro fights, right? Like you see at the, at the, you know, the UFC level, these guys are not fighting very often. They like these big fights are happening maybe like two times a year, three times a year. Yeah. And they don't have fights in between those, you know, right? The big fights. So, I've always thought that you have to take maybe 3 to 6 months off per fight.
1: You take 3 to 6 months if you're like injured. They're still in their training cuz your training partners going to need a fight. They need their bodies, you know. There's training partners that somebody still has to fight. So, you're still you still have to train. You don't want to start back up where your endurance is down. Your your stamina is down, and you have to start back up again. It's just like even when I go on vacation, I still have to work out. So there's I, I no stand.
0: There's no hard and fast rules about like how many months or weeks you have to take off.
1: No, so, it's totally up to you.
0: Hmm. Wow. So a month later, you're back at a third a third fight. Yes. And how do how do fights come to you? How do how are you offered like do you have to is there a booking agent how does like all that back end work
1: uh first donnie was getting me the first uh, fight and then my second fight and then the third fight that's when promoters start to find you your email address your social media they they're, they're going to contact you so
0: are there like scouts that show up to these events or
1: recruiters kind of yeah matchmakers recruiters stuff like that ticket sales all all those counts
0: Okay, so third fight, what's the money like at that point? You know, I'm very interested in the money side of things, right? The business side, like at the third fight, like are you making a living yet? Or are you fighting? You know, and I think my third fight
1: was I think my third fight was seven fifty, seven fifty, so seven fifty to show up on weight, seven fifty to win. I think it was my fourth fight when I got to a thousand, thousand.
0: So it's fifteen hundred and like two grand. How do you make money in between that, like? I
1: sponsorships. I mean, I, that's what you did.
0: And how it's much, how much do you make through sponsorships?
1: Equivalent or sometimes even more. There was people that would like, um, like, sponsor would give you 500 that month or 250 for a small logo or for you to plug them in one of your videos or, or whatever you, how you market yourself. Um, some t-shirts and I don't know, Andrea and I just made it through. We didn't have any bills. I mean, we, we we stayed in the gym. We basically yeah. lived in the gym. We only had a phone bill.
0: And if if that was that little money for, for somebody like you, I can't imagine what men go through, right? Because they're not yes. getting. Yeah. So
1: like, yeah, most men don't even start up that high yet, unless what, they're like.
0: How do the men survive training and f- pro fighting and like what do they? it's, it's always been a, a mind blowing thing for me on how people survive in the fight game. It's like actors
1: yeah a lot of people a lot of the guys are still part-time jobs they still have to work
0: even as a pro fighter huh
1: even as a pro fighter yeah
0: when does it get good like how how long and what what do you have to do to actually make like big money like Um, what does it take to get to the big leagues
1: it takes a lot uh i mean ufc pays the most of course and then bellator is up there also uh, I don't know. You better just have to manage your money correctly.
0: Correctly, yeah.
1: yeah. It's not a money. I'm not. I'm not like my sister. Like my sister buys brand things, like Coach and my, you know cores and all that stuff. I'm. I'm not. I'm a basic bitch. Mm-hmm. Like I love coffee. The, the, the thing I run up a tab. Okay, I rather run up a tab than her. Her, you know. Her, I. I would spend more money on alcohol drinks than her spending on a purse like yeah. my tab would never be over 300 dollars by myself no you get what i'm saying yeah i do so like so i didn't spend a lot of money i was i was low-key and i i didn't even go out that much
0: yeah so you know i've always thought about that for you you know um did you do still do nails at the time and you know you found a shop in louisiana and shreveport to, to work part-time at or
1: I worked a day in Louisiana. I mean, I did when I was fighting that I never did nails. So right when I moved and right when I went straight, just for that goal to turn pro, I I haven't done nails in a long time.
0: So your third fight, you're now going into your fourth fight, like um, fourth, fifth, sixth. I mean, it's probably become sort of like a normal thing, right? Like you're doing the thing and you line up fights and what goes on through your mind about, you know, the future? Where where, where do you want to be? Where, where are you heading?
1: I you know I was going to do one fight at a time. Uh, but by the fourth fight, they were trying to open a women's division with King of the Cage. The King of the Cage been around before the UFC. And, and so um, the owner was asking me, what will it take for you to fight for me? He's already asked me before, and I didn't want to... Uh, signed with them f- for some reason at the time. I don't remember what it was, but uh, it was a title fight. And I was like, sure, I'll do it. So then I did it and I won it. And then uh, I was the first pro-Vietnamese female fighter. Uh, that, that was kind of cool. And then, uh, then I realized I have to train harder now, because now all my rounds are five rounds. <laughs> I started getting like, damn it, man. <laughs> it was getting fun but then now i'm a champ i'm like it's hard it's kind of like you being in school you get an a great but now you gotta get straight a's now you gotta keep up with that a mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. how hard that is it's yeah. super hard yeah
0: so i i never knew that every champ always has to go five rounds
1: if it goes to five rounds unless you finish that person yeah. Before yeah, five yeah.
0: Rounds. but it's always yeah. like that so in order to defend your your title you have to go five rounds
1: you have to go five rounds
0: but it's otherwise rounds. it's just Otherwise, it's just three rounds. It's always just three rounds? It's
1: always three rounds, yeah. Oh,
0: I never knew that. Normal
1: fight for three rounds.
0: So every time that there's a five-round fight, it's for a title?
1: Yes. Or if you're in the UFC, if you're the main event and it's not for a title, they make you do five rounds.
0: Got it. Got it. Same
1: pay, too, which kind of sucks. But you're, you're the main card, but you have to do five rounds.
0: Yeah. So what does that mean to be signed? Like, okay, um, King of the Cage ask you, okay, we want to sign you. Is there, like, a a signing bonus, like you get five grand to sign with them. How, why, why are you making a decision to get locked into a contract with the company? I mean, what benefits is there to do that?
1: Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I guess a free agent isn't as bad either, but he wanted, I mean, I, I held the title now and I had to sign a contract. I didn't have to have to. So we did three at a time. So I, I, you know, I signed for a, a three fight contract and it was, we were doing really well. And then um, I was like, I, I really got tired of, I really Hi, got Brown. tired of trading for like over five rounds and getting the same pay, <laughs> you know, it wasn't an increasing. And then I was just like, ah, if I could just go back because the contract still sits, even if you're not the champ, you will still get paid because it's on the contract. And I was just like, shoot, you know, uh, that was one. Of those and and how much,
0: how much was that? Uh, for a three fight, uh, you know, how much money was that per fight?
1: So okay. So if you lose a fight, okay, let's say my contract says two grand, two grand. And then the next one would be 2,500, 2,500, and the next one will be three and three. So if you lose a fight, you don't increase your pay. You you stay with the same pay. Mm -hmm. But if you win that fight, it goes up again, and then it goes up. And then there's bonuses, like finish bonus, like TKO, submission uh bonuses which is like another 500 to a thousand depends on which promotion you're with um he treated me well they always pay me over he always he just he always wrote me a check over
0: so you can potentially see checks for like three grand four grand on a fight
1: yes more than that oh really yeah
0: so that's pretty good money right because if you're spacing your fights out every month or two or whatever that's like three or four grand i I did fine yeah. And you're but starting to see, I, you know,
1: I, I yeah. don't have a lot of bills. Like I said, I don't, I don't spend it like other people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and again, I'm very fascinated with the money side of the business. Cause you know, this is something that I think a lot of Asian people you, you
1: should not, you should not be fighting for money. That's one thing. You don't go don't in there know. thinking you're going to be making a lot of money. It's especially for the pool for the men. There's too many guys. It's, it's, it's hard work. It's a long journey. A long journey right 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 yeah you yeah. can't be going in and fighting with that mentality i'm doing this for money you just can't unless you're just a bum by now that you're just trying to get a fight just yeah you know,
0: just, it's it's sort of like have being, those,
1: you have those people too like you know
0: yeah it's sort of like being an artist or a singer or an actor you you just have to do it for the the true love of the sport but at the same time i mean somebody like me i'm always thinking about like the economics of The creative side right like as a fighter the journey of how do you sustain your life you know basically getting paid nothing um as you're getting better and better and better you know year after year you know
1: i don't know (laughs) but it sounds
0: like you did it you know because you're still doing it yeah yeah um so how many fights how many pro fights have you had um up to this point right now
1: 17.
0: 17 pro fights. And, um, when you look back on your, your record, I'm not going to ask you your record. People can, people can Google it. If when you look (laughs) back on your record, right. Um, and you think back on what you've done, do you think a lot of that has anything to do with like who you picked to fight? Or do you think there's like so many different things that that are the the uh, that produce that kind of outcome, or is it really like a strategy or a game theory thing that you can sort of kind of like you look back and you go, maybe if I picked different people or if I did this or did that, like I know that the training you probably give it your all, right? But are there other things that you feel like you could have influenced the outcome of your record?
1: Yeah, so I'm six and nine. Uh, there was a girl that I fought that she missed weight by six pounds. And I still took the fight. That's a stupid loss. I should have never done that. That was a bad, poor decision making on my side. Mm-hmm. And there was a couple robberies. But then again, like the robbery, I sh- as a fighter, you shouldn't let it go to the judges anyway. They always say they don't let don't yeah. leave, leave it to the hand of the judges because, you know, it's it's a decision. So, yeah, I think my, my record could have been better, but um, it's all right. I'm not going to be one of those undefeated fighters for the rest of my life or nothing like that. I'm still having fun with it, and yeah. I'm still going to. You know, do what I got to do.
0: How many How many more fights do you think you got uh, in you?
1: I don't know. I'm doing it till the wheels fall off. I have two more fights in my contract for line fights. And they're, they're letting me do an MMA fight before 2021 is up. Because I think right when 2021 is up, they're kicking back and they're uh, starting back up again. So, I don't know. I, I'm – I have no idea. I'm and- still – I, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll find out. I've no I, idea.
0: Yeah, so you have at least two more fights for sure. Yes. Yeah. Has and has all of this like corona covid uh influenced or uh, affected your, you know, your training and your fighting?
1: When everything first shut down, yeah, that's uh shoot, I gained weight. Uh the gyms weren't open. It was uh didn't really want to run outside because it was too cold. I had to buy, you know, exercise equipment at home just to get by. A lot of my sponsors uh, sent me stuff that I needed like the bell or pads and uh, just a lot of equipment that that um, I'm thankful for. I didn't have to spend money. Uh, let's see what else. Stop, sorry, it's my dog. Um, so I gained a little bit of weight and then you're kind of just sitting on the shelf too. Um, yeah. I got offered to fight in Florida and uh, I was on my way to Florida and then they canceled the event because of COVID. So this is back in March when it first started. So then uh, maybe two months later, they, they came back again. They're like, hey, uh, we're, we're going to redo this event. Same, same matchup and everything in four weeks. In four weeks, it was not enough for me to get ready. Plus, Florida was still having like, a lot of COVID issues. So would well, I want to risk my health? that's another thing too I'm over 35 I don't want to get sick with coronavirus in Florida yeah. it's not worth the risk uh, so I rather I sat out on that one I never even sit, sit out from any of my fights but I had to because my health is big to me now yeah. you have to re- look at it as a longe- longevity of your fighting career because yeah. now you got to be more careful instead it's not of even being, about the record. instead yeah. of being yes yeah, instead of being reckless, reckless like yeah. I was before yeah and not care you should care I should yeah. care yeah,
0: yeah. What changed that? What would make, why do you think that now?
1: Well, I, I really didn't want to get sick. No. I, I don't want to get that COVID. I, I don't want, I, I believe it's real and I just, I, it wasn't worth it. Yeah. I want to fight, I, I want to live to fight another day.
0: Yeah. So I have some questions about sort of like the mentality, right? Like what are some absolute must haves as a, a woman in the fight game? Like, what kind of qualities do you have to have?
1: Uh, I don't... Uh, I think you should be able to speak well.
0: <laughs> oh, really? Well, that's that's surprising. I
1: mean, that's you don't a want really a girl that doesn't answer. have good grammar, you know? Like, yeah, I mean, that, that doesn't have good grammar. That's so I,
0: counterintuitive, I, the answer that you just you, gave. That's, like, the first answer you gave. You must speak well. I mean, that's, like why
1: because fighters are known to be dumb. they've been hit a lot and I, i'm a I match for king of the cage also so i play that role and i've talked to fighters they're people that are like they, they just seem so um not there, not intelligent yeah yeah like they had no other choice like in that their choice was to fight now i didn't live my life like that i, I had a nail shop like you make a lot of money doing nails sorry it's it's easy it's actually way easier and it's consistent money too. You don't get your face bashed in, but it's one of those things that, you know, it's not, I didn't, I didn't have to fight. My mom thought I had to fight and I needed money. No, mom. Mm. I, and I told her as an amateur, you don't get paid. That's when she was like <laughs> even more to us. She was like, oh my God, that's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um,
0: All right. So speaking well, that's a really good answer. What else? What are some like things that you got to have like inside of you?
1: Uh you gotta have heart. Um you you've just you gotta have it I don't know what to say about that. Mm. You gotta have heart, you have to have it in you. You have to know that you're about to do this in front of, you know, thousands or millions of people. Uh can't have stage fright.
0: Stage fright, yeah.
1: Yeah, no stage fright.
0: You gotta love you gotta love the fame. You gotta love the spotlight then.
1: Yeah, you got to love, you gotta the, love the, it. The star, right? Yes. I remember there was this guy that was undefeated as an amateur, and I didn't have a great record. But he told me that he wished he was like me because he feels like a zombie on the way to the cage. Like, he hates mm. that part. I love walking out to the yeah. cage. Like that, I love it because that's the adrenaline about to build up. And like, like I get happy. He yeah. he said he wished that he could be just sedated and then put him in the cage and then he started fighting. That's what he told me. And I didn't even realize how big of a deal that was because yeah. I enjoyed that walk.
0: What about having a rage, a, a point of where, like Tyson, or you hear all these fighters sort of have this sort of troubled past and, you know, childhood that's, very difficult inner city stuff and they have this fire that they bring to the fights is that something that is necessary
1: and not to me not to me anymore like as an amateur when you didn't have a lot of technique you kind of use mm. that anger yeah to, to to fill in those spots but you can't fight angry uh you do that you're, you're going to wear yourself out it's an emotional sport and you i, I don't use anger i use aggression but you got to replace that
0: mm, with technique.
1: With technique and aggression, not anger.
0: Yeah, that's that a very it yeah it makes perfect sense. It's a really clear distinction actually. Cause when you think about it, you're like, maybe what got you to the ring in the first place, the fights in the first place was this anger, these all these unresolved issues um, from childhood. And then you pick up a bunch of tools tools along the way. Like exactly
1: Bit up this and then arsenal you train so much you don't yeah. even get angry i like i don't even i don't even care about a bar fight or anything i will never put myself in a bar fight it's too dangerous but like um you're so tamed you're calm you got it all out in you already so when you're doing that aggression part of the drill or in the fight yeah you're just using your aggression
0: i hear a lot of fighters say that it like they don't ever get in a bar fights. So I, I know a couple of um, amateur boxers that, that worked for me um, in the past and very, I'm very close to those kids. And they say the same thing. They go, when they're out at a club or a bar, they avoid fighting. And they said it's very dangerous, but it's like, it's counterintuitive, right? In my head, if you're a trained boxer or fighter, why is it dangerous? So why do you make that comment? Why do you make that connection to it being dangerous when you're trained? to fight
1: well, oh, because there's there's chairs there's cups bottles beer bottles could be thrown there's too much thing going on you're you're programming your head already how it's supposed to be hmm. that 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 scenario the environment is not safe that's all
0: so you're saying that in and, a bar- and you
1: don't want to get in trouble because you're the one you're the trained fighter you you would get more in trouble
0: yeah but I mean, on the dangerous side, because you use the word dangerous, I've heard other people. Because a
1: beer using, bottle, I don't, I don't yeah. want a beer bottle, you know, or get cut. I just don't want to cut. You can't train tomorrow if you get cut today yeah. or tonight. Whatever.
0: Got it. Got it. Um, You'd mentioned that you, uh, you matchmake for King of the Cage, you said? Yeah. So what is that? Well, I have no idea what that means.
1: Okay, so there's positions and stuff, like there's a CEO, there's a promoter, uh, you know, the videographer, on the matchmaker, so I match up names and weight classes to match before they go fight each other. Wow. Like a, da- like, a, like a dating matchmaker, you match them.
0: How did you get into that, and then how, okay, first of all, how did you get into that, and then the other thing is, like, what kind of background do you look for in, in fighters to match them up?
1: Okay. So the owner of Came the Cage was telling me that they're coming to the South. I'm always fighting like, you know, like in, uh, everywhere else, but home. Okay. Since I turned pro. So then they were coming and I was like, Oh, I want to fight. And I thought about it. I was like, nah, I want to like, I don't want to be at home fighting. It's too much pressure. You want to do well Mm -hmm. in front of your friends. You don't want to do that. So I was like, okay, never mind. I'll just be a ring girl. Then I was like, nah. I was like, I'll just be a matchmaker. I, I know like I know all the fighters. So then the owner was like, he already saw this in me a long time before he was like, Andy, you will always have a spot in a position with us. Like you are Whoa. so talented. Mm-hmm. You could do whatever. And I didn't understand what he was talking about. So then my first matchmaking job, uh, which is, I think it's harder than fighting. It is because you're, you're talking to these retards sometimes. Some of them are just so, they, they, they're they can't, they, they, they're just, yeah grammar and intelligence or IQ. It's just all that. It's just, it looks bad. It's, it's very stereotypical why people think fighters are dumb. And I understand mm. why now. I and mean, it makes you feel dumber too, when you talk to them, but uh, that, so that's what you do. So there's a job for a person that match make. You, you have so to. It's like
0: a booking agent, right?
1: Kind of like a booking agent. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so you have like a Rolodex, uh, you have a, a roster of different. A roster of <laughs>
1: people that makes sense. Like the distance. Travel distance because we, we have to pay that. I have a budget to go by. Like, okay. the fighters can't be too far from each other.
0: Okay. And then, all right. So, you have these two fighters you have in mind. You make a call to each fighter. Like, what is the conversation? How does it go down?
1: Uh, can you fight on the state? Would you okay. fight so and so?
0: Do you, how do they know? Do you, is, there ever, is there ever a scenario where they don't know who they're fighting or they always do know who they're fighting?
1: They kind of do because, and then you there's Google. And then there's Facebook and then there's Instagram. You can find anything anybody anywhere nowadays.
0: Yeah, and then so you offer them the money?
1: Yeah, then I offer the money. So I am so I match me amateurs and pros also. You don't offer amateurs money, but you could tra- you could offer them um, travel paid and hotel of course. But for the pros, yeah, then you have to negotiate with the, the with the contract.
0: And you're doing all of this, you're doing all the yeah. negotiation. Wow. I didn't know that. I didn't know that you were part of that side Cause I saw you, um, begin to do commentating.
1: Okay. So Colton, uh, the guy I'm dating. Okay. So he wanted to do a kickboxing amateur tournament. So I, I contacted the owner. I was just asking a question. And he's like, I need you to come on and do the commentary. I'm wow. like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> cause you go, cause you know, I speak well. And, uh,
0: <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> He, you know, he's like he I, he wants he wanted a female to talk about fighting I have a lot of experience. I fought for him when when I was an amateur. I've been on that tournament style of fighting before too. So and you get paid, so I might as well just do it. So I did it.
0: So okay, so I want to get back to the the booking and matchmaking. But okay, so with commentating, you're in a booth and you're sort of being on like an on-air personality and you're sort of going play by play like what's happening and is that televised or how does that like what does that entail
1: what does that for that, one, for that one was just streamed it was it was live stream and we would just pick out random fights and talk about it and then my like co-host person would ask me what would you do and if you were in this position you're down two rounds blah 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 and that's pretty much it we God, go and into- sounds
0: like so much yeah. fun that's yeah. That's like a real next career thing, right?
1: It yeah, it can be. I mean, there's a there's a pretty girl named Laura Senko and she quit fighting. And she, she does all the UFC uh, interviews. Pop-tating. Super, yeah, she's super high. But she she speaks well.
0: Yeah. What, <laughs> what um Laura Senko, What what was her? Um, how long did she fight for?
1: She didn't fight much. She only fought, she only had like two pro fights. I think she was like one and one or something, yeah. or one and zero. It wasn't much. She's she's a really pretty yeah. girl. Like she she should be on TV and she is, but not fighting. Just interviewing fighters because she know the she know the moves. Yeah. She knows like the positions. She knows she knows a lot of things.
0: What's your what's your sort of like? Where do you want to be with all of you know? After after you do the fighting, what uh, what's your goal? What's your plan? I,
1: I still I still want to do the matchmaking. I like to uh, push the women's MMA more. Yeah. i I I'd rather w- watch a girl fight than a guy fight unless I know the guy personally, mm-hmm. unless I've trained with him, unless I'm close to him. And if I don't know him, because there's so many guys, I don't want to watch it. But if I don't know the girl, I'd rather watch the girl fight. Yeah. Um, I'm so, uh, I don't know why I'm so fascinated with the female fight world. And, and I, I just want to help girls uh, get their foot in there and how to look presentable and marketable to do it. I, what, what am I, one of my old teammates was like you need to be a manager and I'm like I don't want to manage girls yeah, so that's
0: a, yeah that's an, another question so in in the fight game is there like booking agents is there actual like agents that belong to big agencies like in the like the film and and, and singing world there's like CAA and WME and all of these like big agencies that handle um you know their artists and is they're a, a an agency that handles fighters
1: there is like like a management company there's a bunch of different management companies if i had a manager i probably would have had a perfect record but it would have been padded it would have been like
0: would've it would have taken been like
1: easy opponents in the beginning and it was never hard it, it could have been the, uh a lot more things i could have been more protected i wouldn't talk to the the matchmaker myself so when i'm matchmaking and a fighter has a manager. I can't talk to the fighter directly. Yeah. I have to go through him, And it's annoying. It is so annoying. But wait, so wait,
0: when you look back on your career though, do you think that you should have gotten a manager?
1: No, no. I don't want, I don't want, no. I don't want somebody to tell me what to do. I, even, on, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah,
0: right. But yeah, even yeah. with the, even if it gave you a better record and it gave you a different kind of future?
1: I, I kind of, yeah, maybe, but I, I like to take that chance and wow. I don't want to be protected or. Or somebody telling me no, I can't do it. I, I, I just, it's not my style. I just can't do it. It makes me rebel. Some people need guidance. Some people need managers. They're the type of people that need those type of people. I don't.
0: You're all I about the, yeah, being I, a creator. I just can't. Yeah. None
1: of my, none of the females in our family can. I mean, yeah, you're no. right.
0: You're absolutely <laughs> it's right. It's true. Very, very strong females in in the family.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: That's uh that's a big decision. I don't know how what I would do. I think for me, I would have a hard time not getting a manager. I I think I would I'm the kind of guy that probably would need a manager to
1: Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't know where where to start, right? Yeah, like you're asking me so many things, you don't know where to start. So I Yeah, I already kind of knew where to start yeah. basically.
0: But you don't want to be a manager.
1: I don't want to be a manager.
0: Yeah. You don't want to like babysit other people.
1: I uh, know. no i don't want to tell a girl that she needs to put on makeup and a dress to look good in front of doing an interview she should know that already i don't need to tell her that is this those kind of things or or a guy you know what you
0: that's a another point that you bring up you you're saying uh, you've alluded to this a few times but women have sort of a different standard in this game right they have to look the part is do you think that's unfair do you think that's like kind of like a um, it, shouldn't we be focusing on the fighting or it sounds like this is like something but you that-
1: can't help it it's a, okay. it's a natural thing that, that a human would do you just be prejudiced you would judge before you, you you know the person and first image i mean that's how it's gonna be it's always been that way this, this is just your mind
0: wow so you don't you don't think that there's anything sort of wrong with it, right? Like you, it's perfectly fine to expect female fighters to kind of look the part, talk the part, be something that, you know, people want to look at.
1: Yes, kind of, yeah. Depends on like how, you know, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Depend on like how much TV time do you want on, like, or the camera want on you, the interviews, uh, all, all that you you, you got to bring that charisma out you got to stand out with others than others
0: yeah i guess because in the men's side it's a lot of shit talking yes i mean it's to the talking. point where it's like cl- like a it's kind of like clowns you know like to me you know, it's like a show right it's not mm-hmm. you know you get conor mcgregor just a big shit but and then now you're saying for the females you have to be easy on the eyes right
1: so you'd be easy on the ice. But I've seen girls talk shit to each other. And I like to watch those, too.
0: Are you a good shit talker? I mean, Not you- really.
1: She- I would have to play as a third person to shit talk.
0: And does it feel weird to do? I mean, okay, how much of that is, like, real? Like, when we're watching that at, you know, boxing events or UFC, like, how much of that is, like, real? And I remember...
1: I remember the first time they put me and B to fight each other. You questioned, you said, is this real? I thought you guys were friends. Yeah, it's real. It was really real. And yeah, we were friends. She's just a fake ass bitch and I don't like her. So then now we're we're fighting. And then that's when I remember you deliberately asked me, is this real? I thought you guys were friends. Yeah, we were once. But yeah, it is real. And it was real. (laughs) And that's when, yeah. But
0: you don't think that that was like manufactured by her, like in her head. And are you,
1: no, no, it wasn't manufactured or anything like that. It was two Vietnamese chicks, like rising stars. And they're going to fight each other with the same last name, you know?
0: Yeah. Are you guys talking now? No, you, uh...
1: eh, we're cordial. <laughs> we're cordial. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I've, through the years we've seen, you know, uh, you in very, you know, in calendars and stuff like that. And I've always wondered, I was like, you know, does that take away from the fighting at all or, you know, the merit of, of, of it
1: you- used to, yeah, in the beginning, like where they would you underestimate you, but then now it's more girls are starting to get comfortable to be feminine. They know that sex sells. Oh, I, I've had two UFC girls, their coach asked me how to start off with a calendar. Um, oh, wow.
0: Wow. That
1: was. That was recently. That was literally like two, two weeks ago. Um, I don't think they I, underestimate us now. Now it's just like a support your girl or not, and buy our calendar
0: and, it's and just how, extra
1: money. Extra money on the side.
0: I want to know about that. So you produce these calendars, right?
1: The, our photographer does. Yeah. Uh,
0: okay. How does that? Can you tell me about how that breaks down on the money well, end?
1: Well, the photographer would you know shoot us and um he only charges a small fee and then he gets a printer to print all these these big calendars out and then we sell them worldwide uh
0: who gets the profit
1: the girls me andrea and i
0: okay so you and andrea how much you spend for the photographer
1: uh, it's really small fee. <laughs> it's a really small fee. Okay. You, uh, practically, it's almost like free. Free.
0: Okay. So you basically get the photographer. But we can't say
1: free. It's, we can't say yeah, free. You pay them
0: something, right?
1: Yeah. And yeah.
0: then how many calendars do you print?
1: It depends. It depends too. But uh, we basically buy them $10 for a calendar. If, and then we also get sponsors if they want their logo inside the calendar. We charge them five hundred. So then, then that pays for the calendar also. So as, if we get more sponsors, we could get more quantity.
0: The so quality's already
1: there. They're they're big, nice booklets. It's just
0: and it just ten- depends
1: on how many we get at the time. She does her photo shoots. the The photographer lives in Louisiana. I do my photo shoot, and then sometimes he edits it and puts it together. Some some of them we are together. Um, we've been doing it for like four years, and we sold out every year.
0: How, how many do you print?
1: I don't know. Uh, last year it wasn't much, but uh, the first couple of years it was it was a lot because we had to split it down too. and she sells some and I sell some. Can't tell you how much. Yeah. <laughs> Can't tell you how much or That's how all good. Many. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. That's fair.
1: Because it, right. it's it's only limited. Once we sell out, we don't reprint.
0: Got said, it. Got it. Got it. For got the it. year. Yeah yeah we see that i see that every year and i'm like oh there's, there's probably like a good chunk of change there you know and i'm and i'm very uh, it's it's good to see that there's another side to sort of like money making and i'm very happy every time that you know you get to make some side hustle money i'm all about that i love to see that there's you know yeah,
1: you're, you're a hustler yeah
0: different ways yeah yeah I, I love to hustle and i every time i see that i'm like okay that's a good thing because it allows you to continue to do what you, you love as, I mean, it's basically like, you're like an, it's an art, like in, you know, b- your business, your craft is something that you love to do. And if you can do it and have something that supports that I'm all about that.
1: Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. If you enjoy it, you're not working.
0: Yeah. So, so, we, so when you look back, um, on the last years of, of, of being a pro fighter, what, um, what kind of, what, what would you do differently um, to, uh, would you do anything that would change the outcome of where you are right now? Like, are there things that you look back and you go, oh, okay, I could have done that, 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 and that?
1: Oh yeah, when you go back and look at your tapes and look at your flaws and try, you just try to, you, there's always room for improvement. And that's why I love the sport because you think you know it all and you don't. And then you learn these new things and it, and it, it it evolves, it, it it has been and it will be, and it's it, just getting new submissions, new moves all the time. It's just crazy.
0: You mean like things are being created on a, on the daily, like on a daily
1: basis on, on your combinations, on your on your grappling, all that. It get, you can get creative. It's it's that's why some people do stand out when they have their uh, signature move or what they're good at. Like, Ronda Rousey was known for her arm bars. That's all, she, that's all she was, you know, that's all she really, 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 really learned because her mom was so big on it, and her mom was a judo, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Champ. a judo yeah. person, and I, I don't know what she lived or how she trained, but if you, get, if you do, like, a million times with one move, you're going to get it. Right,
0: right, you know, right. Instead, right. Of
1: knowing, instead of knowing a million moves one time.
0: What do you think about kids training, um, going into the pro fighting arena? What, what's your opinion on that?
1: And uh, like from experience, Sebastian has done jujitsu. If he does an amateur fight, I'll be fine with it. I will be nervous, not like my mom, but I would mm-hmm. be nervous.
0: And, and you... I'm okay
1: with it. I'll be okay with it as long as he does train. If he put in the hours, and it's a good matchup, like a, a guy that's, you know, uh, you know, like a newbie like him, they call it green. If he's green mm-hmm. like him, then yeah, go, go at it. Go for it.
0: Would you encourage him to go pro or stick with it to if, go pro?
1: If, if he sticks with it and maybe liked it, yes.
0: Yeah. You've been back to Vietnam?
1: I have not recently.
0: No, but you have been. I have, have been. You, yeah. What Yeah. What, uh, what was that trip like? The first
1: time, oh, the first
0: time. Yeah, I'm sorry. What was it leading up? Like, what made you go to Vietnam? What inspired you to go? And how did you get there?
1: Well, my dad always asked me to go. Um, And I wouldn't go because it's just too far. And I didn't want to be that far away from home. Home to me is in America. I'm sorry it is. I was born here. It's just the way it is. But after he died... I was like, well, now I got to really check out Vietnam. So when he died, my, one of my sponsors offered to pay me, pay for me to fly to go to his funeral in Vietnam. I didn't want to, I don't want to face death. I don't want to face him. I already saw him Thanksgiving. He died December 16th, like literally like three, four weeks after that, or two, three weeks. So I was fine not be able to see him. I just needed to close it up and then go to Vietnam. So that's how, that's how it all started. So the, uh, so my sponsor paid for it plus Saigon Sports Club uh, wanted to sponsor me with my training and How did my, you find
0: How did you find them?
1: Um I think I remember I asked you or Tommy about do they have fights in Vietnam? You you said that we're too poor we don't have anything. Well, they're modernized over there. I don't think, I don't think I <laughs> said. Yeah, I don't think no, I said that. Mo- so I I don't know how I forgot how I found them, but we got to talking. I told them I'm coming to Vietnam and they were like why don't you come stay with us and uh stay for free and we'll do like a video and blah 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 I met the owner he was super cool uh and then he uh yeah he, he gave us a bunch of gear and uh let us train for free his facility is great i don't know how much people charge to stay there but it's expensive because it's like
0: state of the like art like five
1: like a five star yeah you don't even think you're a Vietnam when you walk in. It's humongous. Yeah,
0: I think that's the big misconception. That's why I don't think I said that they're too poor. I, I would never make a comment like that to you um, or yeah. anybody. Because I you know, I go back very... Before COVID, it was like three or four times a year. So I'm...
1: Or maybe I'm, it was Tommy then. I can't remember. Yeah, it, was, could, it was you or him. Because yeah. I asked.
0: Yeah. I mean, people... Vietnamese Americans, sometimes we don't um, realize how advanced... A lot of things are in vietnam yeah it's so advanced i mean what kind of um what kind of direction do you think vietnamese uh mma or martial arts is headed
1: uh it's growing um they have a boxing team in that sports club and those guys are fast like you think mexicans are fast them asian people are fast too mm-hmm. and, and and i watched them spar and my trainer and i we're, were like actually like wow like an off because it's it's Vietnamese people yeah yeah yeah
0: did you did you say you sparred at uh, the, the Saigon training center you said mm-hmm. who did were there women that you could spar with
1: there was I, They they teamed me up with this big old big old girl uh, she wasn't Vietnamese she was Chinese or something else I did really well with her uh, we did Muay Thai and um yeah, there's some girls in, over there too.
0: Yeah. And w- do you think you'll ever go back and, you know, spend time in Vietnam or be part of that industry in Vietnam?
1: Of course. Why, why wouldn't I not? I would if I, if I ever go again. Oh, no,
0: but it's not something that you consciously sort of like...
1: It's not something on my head, yeah. not not in the near future or anything like that. Yeah. Not yet.
0: You know, as, I, as I've talked to you in the last hour or so, I can't help but, you know, ask you, what do you think of, like, do you think training has more to do with somebody's ability, or do you think it's like this natural innate sort of talent that is god given
1: I think it's, both. it's both. And, you know, yeah what it's do you both. weigh
0: what do you weigh more on you know what do you lean towards one side more
1: well you know comprehend like you have to comprehend what's going on with the moves and 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 all that so it is training uh and having the ability and, and wanting to accept that you could be vulnerable to train like that in bad positions and stuff like that. I think that it goes both. I think it's, it's totally both. Yeah. Training, is, training is harder than the fight. The fight's the fun part, like it's already done. The training, the whole eight to 10 weeks where you're like grinding and grinding, trying, not to, trying to be injury free and watching your diet and keeping up with your stamina and your endurance, all that that's the hard part what
0: do you what do you have to say to okay obviously I have a daughter so I would love to hear what you would say to young girls um going into the fight game Any I, them, of the I, would, I
1: would I would tell I would say if she wanted to then she would try to fight as much as she can as an amateur mm-hmm. to get all the experience
0: and how long do you stay in that amateur game
1: I don't know. It just depends on how, when she started, how serious she takes it, you know.
0: Yeah. I don't know if I want her to be a fighter. I, would, <laughs> I
1: don't
0: think I'd mind it, but I mean, I I think I do want her and my son to train in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, I think I. That's a good I, start. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a mandatory thing. Just like I think, for me, uh, piano is a, a mandatory thing because it. Piano helps with structure, it actually helps with math, helps with a lot of critical thinking. And I think jujitsu also does that for your body and for your motor skills. And I think it's good for uh, confidence in, in children. So I think piano and jujitsu for me is a requirement, at least a few years of that for, for, for both my kids.
1: Um, there you go. Yeah,
0: yeah. So what went on, you know, I was there when you were in that fight where you broke your arm what Mm -hmm. went on like in your mind i've never had a chance to to really debrief and talk to you about that but what went down in your head Uh,
1: well i think it was round three and i was far away where i didn't have to like even get kicked but she was kicking so fast i wanted to catch the kick to block it and kick it and then curve around and catch it and um when it broke and you're trying to put your hands back up i saw it dangling and i'm looking over in my corner my coach and i whisper to him like, it's a secret. I was like, my arm broke. Like, like what do I do next? Like your brain is, my brain, not, not anybody else. I'm talking about my experience. My brain was like, what do you do next after you break an arm? Like, like, because you're trained to do so many things in bad positions. Of course, you're never trained to break an arm, but you're like thinking, and I'm still like in shock. I think my face showed it. My whole position was in shock. And I was still staring at it because I can't believe it just happened. And then she was coming towards me and then the ref just stopped it because he knew. Something was wrong. And I was like, I broke my arm. And then they took me to the corner, showed it to the doctor. The doctor called the fight off. The only person could stop a fight is the referee, the fighter, or the coach thrown in a towel, or a doctor. So the doctor just, yeah. Well, I I wasn't going to fight with a dangling arm. Um, No, uh, it's not worth it.
0: I know it's a dumb question, but how much pain did you experience at that moment?
1: I swear to God, I did not feel, feel anything. Thing. Yeah. Um, I'm watching the instant replay on television, and I'm holding on. I keep getting scared that I will feel it, so I'm holding on to it so it doesn't dangle down. And I, I, there's so much adrenaline that I didn't feel anything yet. So when I got inside the ambulance truck on the way to the hospital, that's when I asked for the. I don't know what they gave me, some kind of painkiller, mm-hmm. but I was just scared I was gonna feel it. So I never really felt any pain, none. Oh, really? Until got, none, until I got to the hospital. The hospital, they wanted me to hold on to this thing and there's weight, like like a dangling weight, like the weight you weight lift, yeah. and it's like 10 to 15 pounds, it's holding it down to, to align the bones that are broken. <sighs> so that was the painful part, but that's the only time I felt the pain. <laughs> because because the weight was pulling it down and they're trying to align the bone that's the only time I felt the pain but it was only like maybe not even 10 seconds I felt it and then you know I was relieved because I kept on like wondering what's going to feel like I keep on I was you know like making sure but yeah that was the only time I felt the pain was the weight holding down the bone so they could the,
0: the few days after, I mean, wasn't it really painful as it's healing?
1: Um, I was uh, prescribed for painkillers. Mm-hmm. I think it was like oxyco or something. Mm-hmm. All I took was Tylenol and ibuprofen. I didn't want painkiller. Painkiller makes me nauseated. Oh it makes gosh. me throw up. When I was after the surgery and the, the anesthesia, I threw up so much. I am. I've never did painkillers even when I partied back then. I hated pills so. I don't, I don't like pills, so when I went home, I only took Tylenol and ibuprofen. I wouldn't off. even, yeah.
0: So was my, it painful? I, I,
1: I, no, it Days wasn't painful. Mm. It was just, it was sore. You know, it was sore yeah. and I had to be careful. I think, what was it, two weeks when I start lifting again? I think two weeks after I started going to the gym, but I couldn't lift with my left arm, but I worked on my right arm. And then four weeks, I knew I already had a fight lined up, and I couldn't announce it yet because they're okay. So theoretically, your bone heals within 12 weeks. I broke it the 12-week mark, so that day (laughs) I knew I had 12 weeks to heal. So I just had to be careful (laughs) and not spar. So I saw the doctor on the 10th week, and he said he took the X-rays and he said it was 78% healed. So I wasn't even 100% when I fought the first time after my broken arm, but I'm glad oh I did. I I,
0: I I remember <laughs> we were all going to go to Beijing for that fight. The was it the fight after that we were? Yeah, all-
1: that was the Beijing one. That was in China.
0: So you did go to it. You ended yeah. up fight. I remember because I think a bunch of us wanted to book. You know, we wanted to do the Beijing and then Vietnam and then after you broke your arm, we're like, all right, I guess we're not going. But you ended, <laughs> up, no, but you ended up going.
1: Uh, yeah, I fought.
0: And how was that? Do you feel like? like you needed more time for it to heal or you did you feel a hundred percent
1: uh i worked on my strength and conditioning and I, I didn't spar one time while i was training because i didn't have to i didn't want to risk breaking that arm but the first time i landed my left it felt good i was like ah it's intact wow. <laughs> and i was like yeah yeah so
0: you are crazy
1: I hey that's the Crazy. Uh yeah, if you don't that, know karate, you better know karate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is okay, so in the back of your head though, did you did you hold back because you maybe weren't sure that it was fully healed?
1: Um I, I think I might have subconsciously, but I, I remember landing some and I felt it felt good. Did so you go win? Did it.
0: you win or you win that man
1: i'm gonna send you the video <laughs> the judges okay. gave it to her i'll send you the video i'm like oh my gosh was she, she, was chinese? Shocked. she was she was shocked that she won i'll just send you the video
0: was she chinese
1: she was chinese
0: like from mainland china and the refs were chinese
1: no she's chinese she can speak yeah hardly any english or uh, whatever
0: you think they just gave it to her for that
1: oh, man it was such a robbery the I, I'll just send you the video. I hate keep on saying it's a robbery. I want you to see it so yeah. then you understand it. Yeah.
0: But what can you do? I mean, you're in another country. I mean, they don't probably... Yeah, don't you're in another life. country.
1: What are you... Yeah, what are you... What are you supposed to... Do? And it's, it's a communist China. You're going to go fight her again or... I wanted a Remax, but there's no point because I did beat her. Yeah. So,
0: whatever. So, you mentioned somebody that you're seeing, Colton, right? Yes. Uh, is just you said got did his first amateur fight yeah what is that all about like how did that how did that come to fruition
1: well i don't don't date fighters so he's been with me throughout uh this whole time he his first fight that he saw me fight was when i broke my arm so so i didn't realize i was putting him in a bad position or, or being nervous or whatever because i was in that seat last weekend because it was his first amateur mm-hmm. fight, you know they're they're in headgear, they're in shin guard, but I still get so freaking nervous. I am nervous, like like a mother, like I am so nervous wow. backstage. It, it, I hated it. Um, but once we once we got to the ring, I felt I felt normal. That's when I felt normal. I don't know why. What what what's wrong with me when I was backstage and and I was super nervous for him. What inspired
0: um, him to become? A fi- I mean, does he want to go pro one day, or is it just a hobby?
1: No, he has a promising career. Uh, you know, he's in the military. He he can't get hurt. He wants to do it for fun. He 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 wanted he wanted a sport to be competitive in, and he's been with me every day. He goes and he does really well with his training partners in the gym. So he might as well just. Get oh, so you guys
0: camp. are training every day in the gym together?
1: Yes. Like after this video, we're gonna go train.
0: Okay. So then, all right. So he has. When does he have this first idea, like this first inkling that he wants to be a fighter? Uh,
1: he, I, don't, I don't think he thinks he wants to be a fighter. I think he just wanted to, to punch somebody. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I think I just, I just want a competitive sport. He, he just wanted a competitive sport. And he keeps watching me fight here and there. I mean, you're gonna get influence a little bit here or there somehow. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's holding myths for me. He's doing he's basically my training partner. He does a lot for me. And so he sees it. He's in it. He's in that world and he just wanted to do one. It was a I played football. He played football when he was younger. I didn't, you know, my mom didn't put me in anything. He got to play football. I didn't. Yeah,
0: contact I, sport. Yeah, contact he's a, sport. He's a Marine, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've always wanted to ask him, you know, Tom and I were both Marines. So we, you know, we, we, we have a, a, we have a profound respect for our fellow Marines. So thank him for his service. And, you know, Um, I've always thought that you are like one of the most funniest people that I know. I mean, and I always, always, always in my heart of hearts, know you would kill it if you worked in comedy.
1: I'm going to have stage fright. <laughs> I know I will. Really? I know. It's crazy. I'd rather fight in front of 40,000 people than, than get on stage. I think I will have stage fright. I will. It's so I will crazy. You
0: know, know. We, this is probably the, the longest we've ever talked ever in our life together. Yeah. And I've always thought, I've always known that you're very smart. You're, um, you have a shit ton of experience, life experience that, that is very unique and I think that um, that comedy route, like I see you busting out these funny little quips all the time, and I'm like, it's so. Well, I, I think it's just for me. I, the proje- I just projected in my mind what a beautiful uh, future you would have as a comedian because you're like fucking funny, man. You make me and Liz and and all of our cousins like we wrote, we die all the time. We like. So is there ever? a time in your life that you think that you would go down that route?
1: Like I, I made my host, my co-host commentating laugh. I love to make people laugh. Yeah. With a smaller group. So I guess I, this is my Amy part right now. I don't know. Like the YouTube clip, all the interviews, those are pretty funny, but like, I don't think I could do like a whole stage, uh, stand up yet I I don't know about all that you you
0: know what what I what I see in in the parallels because when you look at like all of these um there's like a lot of obviously Rogan comparisons you know uh to the fight into the comedy world you know it's very there's a lot of parallels that are very similar like uh the preparation the that it takes the technical aspect of comedy you know it's not only do you because I think for me, when I look at you, it's like the delivery, your delivery is always like the zingers, you know, that is sort of even like specific in fighting, right? Cause it's about a timing thing, right? But it's even like on a technical level where you have to prepare your, for the fight, you prepare and you just prepare for months and months and months. Same with, I think with comedy, you just prepare. And I think once you do so much pre- preparation, you might lose that stage fright.
1: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> not yet. I think. I'll, I think I'll, I. will just keep doing these commentating these little little gadgets until. You get I used to, to it. I have to remember things, you know, like I have to remember things, my, my my lines. It's just gonna. I don't know. I don't want that pressure yet.
0: Yeah, yeah. Are you good and at if remembering I things?
1: Pressure. I'm not gonna do well.
0: Yeah. Are you good at remembering things?
1: No. no not really some I I don't know it depends on what it is yeah but it was funny shit I should remember it because it's it's funny I don't I don't know
0: yeah well look I've had such a great time today um thank you so much for spending time with me um I I hope we can do this again when um you know in when you come to LA I have a studio that uh that I'm building right now. And I would love for you to come in studio and there's so much more to talk about. Put just put it that way.
1: Yeah, well, thanks for having me. This is yeah. the longest I've ever done. Like I've never sat down, I, I'm, I'm always, I gotta go like 20 minutes. <laughs> I usually be like 20 minutes, I gotta go, yeah. I gotta go. No,
0: this is awesome. I, I, I love the long form and I love the fa- the fact that you are so comfortable, you know, talking about you know your your history and it's so fascinating it's always been a very fascinating your life has always been very fascinating to me and to almost everybody in the family we talk about you you inspire a lot of us and we um we are so uh touched by the, the way you've lived your life i mean it's so bold and daring and and so courageous you know to to, to watch you transform from somebody who's been in juvie as a as a, as a young woman and and to what you've done with your life today. I mean, you continue to inspire all of the young people in our family and myself too. I mean, one day I can tell my children, you know, look at, um, look at your aunt, you know, these are the things that she did. And, you know, you can turn your life around at, at basically at any time and, and point to somebody in our family that we know, you know, it's so inspiring.
1: Thank awesome. you. That was very nice. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Um, I will talk to you soon. And uh, again, thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Bye.
0: Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Vietnamese with Kenneth Nguyen. The Vietnamese is produced by Brittany Tran and Javier Proenza. Special thanks to Jane Nguyen, Catherine Nguyen, Tina Pham, Sydney Jamie, and Christo Trinh. Please find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at The Vietnamese Podcast. You can also find us on YouTube where you can subscribe, like, and comment. Please rate and give us a review wherever you find our podcasts. Thanks again for listening.